Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. Running a business is full of tough calls. One of the biggest, hiring. Finding the right people to keep your business moving and growing isn't easy, but ZipRecruiter has found a way to streamline the process. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech and the week's news. You can send your questions on Twitter with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Reminder, there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. I'm in China and Australia the week you hear this, so today you'll be in the capable hands of Recode's social media editor, Kurt Wagner. Take it away, Kurt. Thank you, Kara. Uh, I am here in San Francisco with Omar Raja, who is the creator and fa- I guess that's the same thing as the founder of House of <laughs> Highlights. Which, thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, man. Um, so House of Highlights, for those who don't know, I'm going to do my best to give it like a quick 10-second description, and then I want you to, to correct me cool. and swoop in. Um, Instagram account. Sports highlights for young people in particular. Basically, I think of it as, you know, I don't necessarily go watch Sports Center the way I used to. I'm a big sports fan, but I will go on Instagram and, and you know, you'll have the highlights of the day. You'll have yep. a lot of user generated stuff, but I kind of think of it as like Sports Center 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, hit me with your, your real description. So I, th- I think highlights is correct, right? But I think what, the way I came in when, when I started the account too was like the traditional highlight, which is LeBron James dunking a basketball, isn't always wasn't relevant like I think what's relevant for us a a lot of times now especially is like when LeBron actually makes a weird face and he's reacting to something or a fan makes a weird face and is reacting to something and I think the moments that matter often are not all like all the time those dunks or those crossovers or those assists it's it's the moments that kind of go unnoticed by the human eye or or most people but what I'm kind of focusing on is finding moments that kind of stick out to me that are funny and, and kind of relatable. Yeah, you do a really good job of finding the stuff that might happen during like a commercial break. Yeah. Or, you know, again, LeBron dunks. And so while most people are watching him run down the court, the camera actually catches the bench doing something crazy. Yep. How much time do you actually spend watching like the stuff that is not the dunk? So it, it depends. So like there was a there was a fight this I think this season with the Wizards and the Warriors, right? So when, when something like that happens, I have to watch it 10 times. So that three, four-minute saga, I'm watching the refs, I'm watching different players, I'm watching the bench, I'm watching fans. And kind of what ended up happening is there was one video with a fan kind of yelling at another, uh, I believe, Bradley Beal. Um, then there was Bradley Beal kind of in, being involved in the scuffle in another way. Then there was a ref who was like, usually when, when there's a fight, a ref kind of gets in there and breaks everything up. One of the refs was just like, I'm not getting in there. Like, and, right. he, and he was just standing there looking, giving you a face like, I don't really care about this. Like, <laughs> I'm going to let them fight it out. And and those were the four or five moments that I hit in just one little highlight. Um, so how long that, did that take you? Like what? 25 minutes, oh, okay. 30 minutes. It's not but, too bad. Yeah. But, it, it, but here, here's what we need to remember. That's one game, and there's probably eight other games going on at that moment. Right. So I'm spending 30 minutes on a three-minute little scuffle when I need to be— sp- Focusing on every little game that's right. been going on. 
Right. Okay, we're going to get to all that because you guys, because there's a whole uh, element of this. House of Highlights is now part of Bleacher Report. Bleacher mm-hmm. Report is owned by Turner. Mm-hmm. As a result, you have access to a lot of this stuff, yep. which we're going to get to. But uh, I want to take a step back first and, and come across how this came together. Because you invented or created House of Highlights when you were in college. Yep. And you're, you're 24, I yep. think you said. So, you know, this is... This is uh, at a stage in your career, like, this is the very beginning of your career. This is all you've ever done. I, I wasn't expecting to be here yeah. at all. So tell, walk us through. How does House of Highlights become a thing to begin with? So LeBron leaves the Heat and goes to the Cavaliers in July of 2014. Um, immediately, I was a diehard fan, sports fan. You're from Florida. I'm from Miami. Okay. And, and with that team, too, is that when, when LeBron made the decision to come to Miami, that was like the most hated team in the world. Right. And it was like that weird bunker mentality where it's us against the world. Obviously, it's sports. It's not sure. that serious. But, you know, you would see me, you know, reacting to what any sports journalist is saying bad about the Heat. And that, that kind of became like Heat Twitter and, and all that stuff. So um, when you're so passionate about a team, you really felt that LeBron leaving. And those next three, four weeks were kind of like a breakup where I'm looking for, I'm just thinking about the good the good times, not the bad times. <laughs> LeBron and broke your heart. Yeah, LeBron broke my heart. Uh, I'm over it now, thankfully, but, you know, he did at that time. So um, I'm going back and looking at moments that I cared about. And what's kind of sucked is some of the stuff that stuck out to me was him yelling at Mario Chalmers or Mario Chalmers yelling at him or Mario Chalmers saying something to Dwayne Wade and kind of those moments that, it wasn't the dunk. It wasn't the game-winning shot. Mm-hmm. And, and it was funny, jiffable moments that I, I kind of call them, where it's like, if you go to your iMessage right now and you click GIF and you put an NBA, a lot of those moments are the ones that I found. And that was kind of stuff that I cared about even before House of Highlights started. So the, the kind of take was like, hey, these are moments that I'm looking for and I'm trying to share with my friends and kind of reminisce about this historic team. How come I can't find them? So I went to YouTube. I went to Twitter. I went to Vine. There was nothing. Um, I went to Instagram. There was nothing. So I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try to do it. And I thought at max, we'd be at 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers. And now we're almost at 10 million, yeah. which is just insane. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Even even that initial goal, right? Well, like when I start an Instagram account, yeah. I'm like, man, I hope a hundred friends follow me, right? <laughs> your your goal, you were like, even then, you were saying, oh, I think we could make this a hundred thousand. Yeah, I, yeah. I think what happened was like I started early on the internet, I guess, because when YouTube first came out, I was big on YouTube. So for me, I, I had a good understanding of kind of how these things work and evolve over time. So I used to make YouTube videos and. Um, there were some about sports, some about video games. Mm-hmm. I think I think one was even like me breaking down the end of The Dark Knight Rises. Like I was trying to do a little bit of everything because I was interested in all of it. Um, so like when I when I did the whole YouTube thing, I, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was successful, but I I I made a lot of mistakes. So I learned uh, like how communities work and how social media works and how different video works. Um, so when I went into Instagram, I was like, I'm going to use the mistakes that I learned over at YouTube. And kind of apply them Got to it. Instagram. So you had a sense of how the you had a sense of like how viral content could work online. Absolutely, but I if they, the two platforms were very different too, because right. like Instagram was just Square at the time; it was just fifteen seconds. Um, captions matter a lot more on Instagram than they would on like YouTube. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the like the learnings of the internet, you can say uh, I learned on YouTube. So why did you ultimately go with Instagram? Because that is. I would say, well, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you think. I mean, 
as a follower of the account, mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's on Instagram and showing up in my feed versus, you know, having to maybe seek it out on YouTube is pretty huge. Yeah. Um, why did you choose Instagram over YouTube? And do you think it was, you know, did, did that basically help you get to where you're at? So part of it was luck because I was with my friends a few months earlier and I was super late to the Instagram game for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, and we were in a car and I noticed that every single person in the car had an Instagram account mm-hmm. and I was the only one. And in the car, I made the Instagram account. I'm like, I'm following all you guys. Um, so I was addicted to Instagram at that time. Um, also like two months in, three months in, there was a reason I was addicted, right? Cause it kind of felt like the young person's television. That's kind of what I call it. Yep. Like you go to the explore page and you just keep going down. There's continuous content over and over and over again. So for me, it was... It wasn't just a way to connect with my friends and see what they're up to, but it it was like, hey, there's endless content here, yeah. and it kind of belongs and fits here. Was there ever a, a if we scroll back far enough, are we going to see like LeBron GIF and then Omar selfie right next no, to each other? Like, were you no. ever posting like what normal people post, or were you always doing sports? So I I had two separate accounts. So there was House of okay. Highlights, and then there was my personal account. Got it. Um, but what was interesting is like. I stopped using the personal account for like three, four years, and I've started using it up again now because I was just so invested in house highlights. Really? It was the only thing I could think about. Yeah. I'd be in the shower. I'd be thinking about like about different ways to tweak captions and um, tweak video, and it was kind of an addiction yeah. uh, for like three, four years. Well, Still is to this day. Yeah. I mean, I know you work a ton. Um, so it's college. You make this account. You're, set, you're, heart, you're heartbroken about LeBron. Yeah. What was the first realization you had that, like, oh, this is actually something that is pretty big? That next six months, right? So there's consistency, and, like, you get 100,000 followers, and that sounds a lot to a lot of people, but because I was around YouTube so much, I'm so used to seeing people with millions of subscribers. So um, for me, at first, I didn't really realize until you take a step back, and you're like, oh, wow, we have 500,000 followers. I just got 100,000 likes on a video. Um, people would kill for that. Right. Um, How'd you so, get there, by the way? So, I mean, were you yeah. were you one of those people posting 50 hashtags? No. You, like, how do you get even from zero to 10,000, nevertheless 100,000? Yeah, so let, let's talk about that. I think when I, when I looked at other Instagram accounts, too, I think Instagram's different than Twitter. Twitter, you can tweet a lot, and people won't hate you. They might be a little bit, a little bit annoyed, but um, for Instagram, you have to be very selective with content, right. if, especially when you think about in 2014, there wasn't that many brand accounts probably. Um, and like the only posts you would see is of friends and it would be stuff you cared about. So my goal in the beginning was I cannot have any piece of content waste your time. Mm. Um, the content has to be great. It can't be good. It has to be really, really good. Um, and you tinker with that. You try to get to a level, you, you show some friends and you're like, okay, like rate these clips and like what's the one that you would have been mad that you missed out on. Um, and you kind of work on that. A lot of it now still to this day is gut and just being like, yeah. I can feel this out. I know this is going to work. Um, so the, the main thing for me was like, hey, I'm not going to post 20 things a day or do 20 hashtags. I'm just going to post five great things because what happens is you post those five great things. So you're already zero followers. The first thing you do is you follow your friends. They f- it gets you 150 followers, 200 followers. Um, I'm sure I did some hashtags. It's been four sure. years. I don't think I ever spammed it. It would probably be hashtag NBA, hashtag LeBron, or whoever related to. Um, and then since the content is good, people tag their friends. Got it. And they tag their friends. And then they tag their friends. And they tag their friends. 
my like the, I would focus on that comment section. And obviously you care about people's feedback, but I'm like, did they tag three friends? Like that's what you're kind of looking for in the comment section is like, are they kind of spreading this message? Interesting. Um, and it happened a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. Because like six months in, we're at, I think, 500,000 followers or maybe 300, 400. But, you know, we started August 2014. I know by July of 2015, we probably had close to yeah. a million. And you're kind of known the account is kind of a big deal in the sports world in part because the athletes themselves follow you, yeah. right? And it's not uncommon to see uh, either an NBA guy, like, jump into the comments or mm-hmm. at least see, like, hey, you know, uh, LeBron liked this video yeah. or whatever. Do you remember who kind of the first celebrities were and, like, at what stage were you at when all of a sudden, you know, imp- quote-unquote important people on social media started noticing you? Early 2015 was Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I remember exactly where I was. I was in my townhouse in Orlando, and I see that Snoop Dogg reposted something. And I'm yeah. like, that's interesting. He reposted this. Like, does he, let me check if he follows the account. And then I search house highlights, and he's following the accounts. First thing I did is I ran outside for whatever reason, and then I'm like, I, I need to call my dad. I, I don't know why I needed to call my dad outside, but that's what we were doing at that point. And I was like, Dad, do you know who Snoop Dogg is? He's like, of course I know who Snoop Dogg is. Um, I'm like, yeah, he just followed house highlights. And he's like, oh, that's, that's actually really impressive. Yeah. Um, and that was the first main one. I kind of felt like a lot of NBA players jumped on the ship around 2016, early yeah. 2016, where just it felt like LeBron followed, and then everyone kind of followed after that. Interesting. Do you yeah. DM with any of those guys? Or uh, I guess it's not called DM on Instagram. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it is DM. Is it called DM? Yeah, it's DM. I should know that. But okay, do um, you DM with those guys? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think one thing that's interesting is, and it, not something that I ever expected, is a lot of guys sending DMs of content they want to post yeah. it. Um, and, and listen, 80% is stuff that they, they're in and they're involved in that they kind of want posted, whether it's them working out or whether it's a cool dunk they had. I think what's also been interesting is like some guys just sending cool clips that they see on the internet and they want to see it on House of Highlights. And these are like professional athletes. These are, so I think another thing was like, I thought you would think on paper, like it's the 13th guy on the bench. Um, it's usually only all-stars or like max players, which is just insane to me. That is crazy. I mean, you, you see these guys and how they kind of uh, curate their yeah. their lives on social, right? And and I guess we all do that, so yeah. it's not unique to an NBA player. But um, it, it is kind of surprising or, or funny to hear that, you know, those are the types of guys who are reaching out to you. Yeah. I think a little bit is when we talk about that King James liked your post, I think there is kind of that social currency where they're like when you send in a clip and – you're hoping that LeBron likes it or LeBron right. sees it. And, and just having that little bragging thing, even if you're an athlete, but let's say you're a young, like a D'Angelo Russell or a Devin Booker, and, and you, you know, your highlight gets posted and King James likes it, like that has to feel really, really good. And yeah. I think that plays a big role in why a lot of these young guys and some of them are a little bit older too, kind of setting clips. Yeah. All right, great. We're going to take a quick break now so that Kara can tell uh, all of you wonderful listeners about the show's sponsors. We'll be right back with Omar Raja from House of Highlights uh, after this. But Omar, I need you to do me a quick favor. Can you uh, give me the best reading of the phrase, hashtag money? Hashtag money. Boom. Thank you very much. Today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. In the business of tech, it's practically scripture that you have to be comfortable with big, bold, exciting risks. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to minimize the downsides by taking big risks. If you're hiring, you can massively reduce uncertainty with ZipRecruiter. 
ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As applications come in, it analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates to save you time and make sure you never miss a great match. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So if you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. The lowest risk price there is. Don't waste another second. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash decode and start putting that technology to work for you. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Vergecast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out. Back to you, Kurt. Thank you, Kara. We're back with Omar Raja from House of Highlights. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Bleacher Report acquisition. So you're in college, Mm -hmm. you create this account, you get a million followers or whatever, you've got to be feeling pretty good. Snoop Dogg is paying attention to you. Uh, How does Bleacher Report come come about? They email me. They emailed me in summer of 2015. First thing I did was screenshot that email and send it to my group <laughs> chat, and I bragged about it for like a good hour. Yeah. I didn't even respond to the email for an hour. I was just bragging about it, and everyone was freaking out. I wish I still had screen grabs of that text conversation because I probably would be looking back at it and just laughing. Yeah. Because um, this is obvious. I imagine that must mean that this is the first time someone has shown interest in buying the account, or was it just no? That was just like, let's talk. Deal. That Got one it. was very much like, hey, let's just talk on the phone about like what you're doing, what you're up to. We're fans of the account. Um, and I was just super excited about that. Yeah. Like I followed them religiously on, on Twitter. Um, I had them on notifications. Um, I had the app. Like that's those same friends that I sent them to are the ones that told me to download the app because they're so quick with news. Mm. So um, rest in peace, TeamStream. That's what it used to be called. <laughs> um, and th- we were just freaking out. We were just freaking out at that point. And so they say, hey, we want to talk. Mm-hmm. At that stage, are you thinking like, oh, I know what talk means? Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself when I was in college, mm-hmm. I would have had absolutely no idea how this process works. I imagine that's kind of where you were coming from. But like, like what kind of happened after that? Exactly. I, I thought like maybe they'd be interested in like talking about like a job. I thought at max. I didn't think they would be yeah. they would have much interest in House of Highlights just because it was so different and unique. Um, that I thought they'd be like, hey, you're kind of good at social, like kind of just come and do what we do and figure that out. Yeah. Um, but Doug, shout out to Doug Bernstein. He's the, currently the GM of House of Highlights. And he was just a fan from the jump and kind of understood me and kind of understood where I was coming from, especially with sports. So he said, hey, man, like we love what you're doing and we want you to keep doing what you've been doing. Um, and that was really important to me. Like I remember I was kind of like, you know, my worry is that if we did an acquisition, I would have to change up and, you know, I'd be acting different. And I was really scared of that. Yep. But I think we talked about that three, four times where he was kind of like, no, I'm telling you, I promise you, you're just going to keep, you're just going to keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. And to his credit, he kept his promise. And now as part of Turner, you have all kinds of access. We were talking very early on 
about, you know, being able to watch that game from all the different angles yeah. and get the stuff that maybe happens during commercial break. Yep. But before, you didn't have, like, you weren't a rights holder. Absolutely not. Did you ever get called by ESPN or no. Fox Sports? Was anyone no. like, yo, dude, you can't post this No, stuff? you know, I don't know why, I'll be honest, but I think a big part of it was, like, I, I never really touched the NFL. I don't think I really—I definitely didn't touch baseball because yeah. I know— They're they stingy sh- about that. They they were at that time. I think they've they've lightened up a little bit. I think, you know, what's interesting now is a lot of those leagues that were very, you know, they had no interest in other accounts posting their highlights. Um, the NFL and the MLB now, they kind of send us clips sometimes, and they're like, hey, you know, if you want to post this clip, you can do, do it for free. Just credit us. Hmm. Because they, they understand that it's it's kind of marketing for their sport. And that's that's what Adam Silver's been saying since the jump. Like, as long as you're not making the game look bad in any way, we view highlights as marketing. So I kind of took that approach and was like, okay, I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, but I think when I—and I was also in college, I didn't completely understand sure. rights and all that stuff. But when we were getting closer to, like, 2015, I and I would look more into it, I was like, oh, okay, I need to figure this out. Right. And, so, and I imagine you're very conscious of it now, being part yeah, of Ble- Bleacher absolutely. and part of Turner, right? Yeah. So I know you have NBA stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like the feed is almost, uh, making this up, 80% NBA or basketball-related. Like, how conscious of you are? It depends on the season. That. So, like— in when it's August, September, when there's the, that period where there's no much, not much NBA, we have college football rights. Okay. Um, we have MLB playoff rights. Um, so kind of around that time, I would say there's a little transition where maybe it's not as much. Um, but the NBA is 24-7. Like, obviously, we had the draft. Yeah. Then we have free agency where things kind of go crazy. And then summer league. And then, then there's... NBA workouts, and because these guys are personalities and people care about what they're doing 24-7, like LeBron goes on vacation, he jumps off a cliff, and that becomes like a million-view video. Easy. Right. Um, so what happens in, in July, late July, August is also stuff like that's um, pickup games yep. and, and stuff like that. So walk me through. I want to know how this stuff comes together. So LeBron, uh, I saw this. Mm-hmm. He, first, he announced he's going to the Lakers, yeah. and you're a LeBron guy, so, um, you know, I guess congrats. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I didn't care. I mean, I would have loved if he came back to Miami. Yeah. Uh, you know, Otherwise. Or I live in New York now, so it would have been nice if he came to the Knicks. Yeah. Um, my dad told me to hate on the Knicks when I was, when I was like, five <laughs> years old. That was the first team I was told to hate on. But since I live in New York now, yeah. like, I'm, I'm all cool with it. My, my colleague Jason Del Rey is a huge Knicks fan, so he'll, yeah. he'll love to hear that. <laughs> um, okay, so LeBron's on vacation. He's jumping into the water. I saw the clip. You guys mm-hmm. posted it. Uh, how do you get that clip, number one? Mm-hmm. And two, like, walk me through, you know, he signs with the Lakers. That's a huge—that's a monumental sports story. Yeah. yeah. Are you literally dropping everything you're doing and, like, rushing to the laptop to, you know, post about that? Or, like, how do you handle news? Yeah, I mean— what was interesting, especially about the LeBron one, is that I wasn't expecting a decision on July 1st because the, I think the last decision was on July 10th. When the, he announced a few years ago. Yep. And then the first one to Miami was July 8th, I believe. So I felt like I had seven, eight days to kind of figure out exactly what I wanted to do, but I didn't. <laughs> and it was a Sunday night. I was watching The Office on Netflix. Um, 8.08, got a notification that he is signing a four-year deal with the Lakers, yeah. immediately run to my table, open the laptop, and I'm, like, trying to figure out a lot of things at once because I didn't completely expect the decision so quickly. Right. Um, the Lakers situation wasn't that surprising, but um, first thing we posted was him and Kobe. 
because there's that history of, of those two and there's kind of a, a rivalry and it's interesting to kind of see how they've always interacted with each other but yep. the fans the LeBron and Kobe fans kind of interact a different way um, so that one was you know that that we do the first post to kind of announce that he's signing with the and Lakers how, and so you get a notification at 808 at what time are you actually posting the first time? oh 8, 10, 8, 11 really quick so so quick, so quick that's crazy because like as a journalist you know we feel like we got to be on top of the news you, you have to be you feel like you're on top of the news yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way. It, it, but also, like, it was free agency, and it's also LeBron James. Sure. So that's you, a big one. You really want to make sure you get that one, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the next thing you go is with the cool image of him, you know, in a Lakers jersey. And then you, you do different reactions, right? Cleveland's going to re- have a reaction to it. Los Angeles fans are going to have a reaction to it. Different people in the Western Conference are going to have a reaction to that. So we're tr- I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and make videos that kind of represent what they're reacting to. Yeah. Is a lot of that sent to you, or do you like how much of that do you have queued up, and do you have just like a file folder on? I have a Rolodex of just like because I've done stuff. it for so long yeah. that I kind of it's ten thousand posts, or maybe it's even twelve thousand posts at this point. Okay, um, where I, I've seen so much that I can be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like Demarcus Cousins shocks the world, right, and says he's going to the Warriors. I wasn't expecting that at all, right, right. You really couldn't plan for that in any way. But what was interesting is my favorite DeMarcus Cousins video of all time is when he's shooting with Clay Thompson and yes. Steph Curry, and he says he's the third Splash Brother. I had that video saved on my phone for like three years, and I was like, that was the first thing I thought of when he announced a decision. Are you like, oh my God, this finally pays off that I was yeah. using like yeah. valuable yeah. phone storage yeah. for this random video? And what was interesting too is like I posted, and then you see everybody else jump on it, and I was, yeah. I was like, no, I had that video for three years. I know I was definitely <laughs> the first one to that. Um, and then also, like, just because I've been posting so much and I'm familiar with everything, my hands in the dirt every day, like, I know that him and, and Kevin Durant and Draymond were all yelling at each other earlier this year. So it's interesting to kind of look at that video now and be like, oh, my God, they're actually teammates. Right. Um, there, he had one video where he said F Golden State yep. in the middle of the game. And then you kind of want to make sure that you relate to everybody yep. because people feel a certain way about DeMarcus Cousins going to the Warriors. So I had... LeBron's reaction where he's like just sad. Right. Um, I had most people's reactions where they're just incredibly angry. Um, and that was the one where we, so we had 12, 13 posts reacting to Marcus Cousins. I think um, there was one submission that someone sent us where it was someone just burning the NBA logo. Yeah, just because they were I just so angry yeah, at the yeah. time. That was the only one. And then when we talk about NBA players like commenting and then being a part of that community, J.R. Smith's comments, I believe he commented like shake my head. Right. Um, and that started a whole another controversy that we're like, okay, even NBA players are like, this is yeah. enough. So sports are incredibly polarizing mm-hmm. and, you know, fan bases you're going to alienate just by, you know, LeBron's going to the Lakers. Some people are going to be happy. Some people yeah. are going to be sad. Uh, but you have a unique thing where you're also posting about these professional athletes who are actually paying attention do you ever get pushback from those guys? Like, if you show, you know, LeBron posterizing uh, Kevin Durant, and mm-hmm. this is probably a terrible example, maybe those two aren't the right two yeah. to say, but if you have one player who looks bad in a video, mm-hmm. are you hearing from that player? Are people, like, you know, giving you a hard time because you, know, you make them look bad on the internet? You know, what's interesting, too, is because, like, now they've sent some some clips in, and I'm, we're in New York, so many players going to, in New York, and you kind of run into them. So I, I used to, my, what was interesting is, like, hey, I've met this person, I kind of know this person, I don't want to offend them in any way, but, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you kind of like, this is the business, and this yeah. is relevant content. Like, I can't, I remember what it was like when I was in college, and I was, I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly, like, even if, if, 
this thing never came up, I'd probably be getting my master's right now. I really had no idea. So I kind of think back to that old time when I was 20 years old and I would just kill for this job. And I don't want to kind of let that Omar down and be like, oh, he's biased now. And he kind of sold out. So, you know, honestly, I, I post everything. Yeah. There's no real bias there. And I'll be honest, the one thing that's kind of surprised me is I've never really gotten flack really? f- for it at all. It's funny. I, I just would have assumed people are very sensitive yeah. about their, you know, their image and especially like when they go on a popular service mm-hmm. like yours or a popular mm-hmm. account like yours. so Do I, fans get mad at you? Oh, I mean, the thing is, sports are so polarizing. Yeah. I do think I get treated a little bit better than most accounts because, sure. like, everyone's going to get joked on. Everyone's going to have highlights where their favorite player gets dunked on. There's nothing you can, can control. But sure, like, sports is the one time where you can get a little emotional. It's, for some people, it's their escapes. They, they might be in a mood one day. Yeah. And they'll be like, hey, why are you posting this? But it's not a big deal. I feel like, and maybe it's just because it's summertime, and so there's not NBA in season. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've noticed a lot of user-generated content over yeah. the last couple weeks. Uh, walk us through, because a lot, we've been talking so far about either professional highlights or stuff sent to you from, you know, actual players. But you're posting stuff from Joe Schmo, yeah. internet guy, right? So how do you kind of dig through all that at this point? Like how much do you get sent and, and what kind of time does that take? We get about 500 DMs a day. Okay. That in itself takes two, three hours to go through where it's like everything. And you're going, this is you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now there's another guy. I used to do it every single day for three and a half years. And now there's another guy named Drew, Drew okay. Corrigan. He helps out. Um, and me and him kind of sit down together and we kind of figure it out. And stuff that kind of sticks out to us, we share it to each other and we kind of decide. Um, and a lot of that is just gut and sensibility and kind of just, since you're just so experienced and you kind of yeah. know what works, you kind of decide like, okay, this is something that's funny or this is something that's relatable or this is something that just will be popular with people. Um and, and what's interesting is, like, when we talk about submissions, it's not just, like, what you're doing in your backyard. Sometimes it's people just doing all-out skits yeah. where they're making complete jokes. Like, we had one where how bandwagon fans reacted to DeMarcus Cousins signing. So the guy's wearing a shirt. Then he finds out LeBron's signing. He puts on a Lakers jersey. Then he gets a notification the next day that DeMarcus Cousins is signing. So he takes off his Lakers jersey, <laughs> and all of a sudden a Golden State right. jersey is right underneath. Um, so it, it, it's it's completely different content that's actually been posted on these types of media accounts um, in the past decade, 20 years, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's what's been fun is because it's completely different from what it's usually been. And how do the rights work for that stuff? Like if someone yeah. voluntarily sends you something, is that just like, okay, we we take this as uh, permission to use it? Do you have no. to get people to sign? Like. It's a, it's like, I can, I can read it out to you if you want me. It's like, yeah. hey, do you own this video? If so, do we have permission to post this content natively on all Bleacher Report accounts and the House Highlights account if we credit you? There you go. That and they say yes. It's as if you have yeah. said that once or twice before. I've said that <laughs> probably like 2,000 times. Just a few. Yeah. Uh, the last time you and I spoke, I think it was President's Day or maybe the day after, and we were in your office and there was no one there. Now mm-hmm. we're the day after 4th of July, you're in our office and there's no one here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you work all the time. Mm-hmm. Have you taken a vacation no, yet? No, no. I've worked like, every- for real? No. You don't no, even- I, haven't, I haven't taken a day off in four years. What? Yeah. You, how, how much longer can you do this? <sighs> you know what was interesting? Is I think in the beginning of this year, I was kind of getting burnt out. And then somehow, some way, I ran into—Kobe was uh, promoting his— um, 
the, what's the thing he won the Oscar for? His yeah. animated thing yeah. um, called Dear Basketball. About retirement, his retirement. Yeah. So, you know, what was interesting is he was very nice. And I remember, like, I was really burnt out at that point. I was like, Kobe, like, when does the grind stop? And he says, not until you're six feet under. And then we talked about that topic for, like, an extra two minutes where he's like, I still work as hard as I do now than, you know, when I was in the league. And, you know, it was kind of like a heart-to-heart moment. And that's kind of that would just re-energize me. Yeah, so, like I'm good. Not many people get a heart to heart from Kobe Bryant. I, I was never expecting that. And yeah. I think if you know what's crazy too is like I was looking at a tweet in 2016 when I was it was right after the the Cavs won the the, the championship, and I was like I tweeted going to New York City tomorrow, and one of my friends jokingly said, you know, we'll go recruit Melo to Miami. <laughs> and then what's interesting is like a year later, I know Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and like. I was looking at that tweet and I was like, I can't believe we've gotten this far. Yeah. Like, I don't know how in the world this has all happened. And I'm super grateful for that. So it's still, you still get starstruck or at the very least, you're still aware of the fact. No, I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand how this all happened. Are there any moments? Like, is there one moment that you can think of that's like, okay, this was the most eye-opening experience you've had since you've kind of started this whole thing? Kobe was cool. I think the the second one was Dwayne Wade. Okay. So I was an all-star in Los Angeles, and I got to meet Dwayne Wade. And He was obviously a Heat player forever. Yeah. Still is <laughs> no, now. No. Yeah, he, he had just gotten traded back to Miami. Okay. And I had said to him, like, I was like, man, if it wasn't for you, there's no way there's House of Highlights. And he's like, wait, he's like, you started House of Highlights because of me? He's like, now you get the whole damn league following you. <laughs> and that was a moment that I'll probably remember forever. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you still brag with your friends? At, when you look back mm. on the Bleacher Report thing, that was pretty minor compared to getting a yeah. pep talk from Kobe No, Bryant. Bleacher Report's pretty legit. That was a big <laughs> moment for me. But um, Your bosses are listening. I right? think, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Kobe is one that's definitely the coolest. Yeah. And that's probably something that I'm like, because especially for me is like, I was, I was, since I was a LeBron guy, I didn't hate Kobe, but I was more of a LeBron guy than a Kobe guy. And like, I know all my friends that are Kobe fans, and I'm like, hey, I got to meet your guy. How yeah. does that make you feel? Yeah. I, was, I wasn't even ever a Kobe guy, but I get to meet him. That's a nice humble brag right there. Okay, so I want to talk business. You guys have turned this into a, you, you make money from this account. Mm-hmm. Like, it started as a cool account, a lot of followers, but you've actually turned it into something. So how do you make money? How involved are you versus, like, is that something the Bleacher Report team handles for you or are you helping make money? No, so we have like an invitation only strategy where it's like three, four of us kind of get together and we kind of look at every single brand um, and we kind of handpick the brands that we want to work with. So we kind of reach out to them through our sales team and then figure it out from there. And so when you say you want to work with them, how does how does it work there? I, and I remember this because you and I have spoken before, yeah. but I think there were three ways you make money. You either run someone's commercial for them. Yeah. They can sponsor something you're already running mm-hmm. or you do branded, uh, branded content. Yep. Right? Are those the three ways you're still yep. doing it? Yep. And I think what's interesting is like one thing that we've been trying to, you know, change is like when you look at ads, right? When you look at a radio ad, a radio ad doesn't really work on a te- in television. A mm-hmm. television ad doesn't really work on Instagram. And I think that's one thing that we've been tr- trying to change is like we have different cuts for different versions of social media, whether it's post- we're posting on YouTube, whether we're posting on Instagram, we're going to soon start on Twitter. Um, and it's important to kind of differentiate for each social media. Um, and that's kind of the one thing that we've been working with brands on and, and kind of improving on. I think the best one that we've done recently is with Under Armour. I think when mostly when you do sponsored content, um, 
there's it's polished and it's it's not really raw or unpolished. And I think one thing that we've done is we want everything to feel very viral because when you go down your Instagram feed, whether it's story, whether it's timeline, everything's kind of recorded on a phone. And we kind of want that same content to feel very natural to that to Instagram. So everything's shot on like an iPhone or a Samsung and um, it's meant to feel very viral and authentic. Right. That's what most of your your the UGC especially yeah, that you post exactly. it feels like something a friend might send me. Exactly. So, do you feel um, were you nervous at all when you first started kind of doing the ad stuff? Like, were you afraid you were gonna piss off your your followers? Mm-hmm. Was this considered like a selling out kind of thing? I mean, it's business, right? Of but- course. I think the one thing that I was obsessed over because, like, when we talk about like how House of Highlights started, it was always about posting good content. So my thing is when we talk about invitation only, like. We want to make sure that we're making good content because if the content's good, no one's going to care. Like we, when we talk, when I'm talking about the Under Armour video, it was high school players kind of, you know, battling one another or whatever, and it was kind of like a tug of war type situation. That video has three and a half million views. It was really good content. Like there isn't sponsored content. It's it's either bad content or good content. That's yeah. kind of the way I look at it. Um, and as long as it kind of fits in that bucket of good content, you're kind of hitting yeah. the nail on the coat. Um, so. We've been talking this whole time about Instagram, which mm-hmm. is how this thing got started, but you're expanding. Yeah. Uh, I know you have a YouTube channel, yeah. um, which I think you started around, around the time, the time I first met, chatted yeah, with you. Maybe February. February, okay. Um, you have a Twitter account, and I know because we used it this morning, mm-hmm. I think, to tweet at you. Mm-hmm. How important are these kind of new channels? I imagine Instagram is still like the core for you, but... You know, how important is it to expand the brand to new things or are these like experiments? No, it's it's like when we talk about House of Highlights, we don't want it to just be an Instagram page. We're trying to build a legitimate brand. So YouTube was, is one that we found that like it's a place where young people are at. So what's interesting about House of Highlights is like majority of that audience is under 24. Um, so we kind of want to be where young people are at. So we went to YouTube. We've had success with it. I believe we're at 300,000 subscribers. Um, the view count on that is very good, too, because it, even with YouTube, too, you don't have to just have subscribers to get views. If you have good content, people can search for it and they can find it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's cool also is, like, Twitter. We're doing a Twitter show. Yeah. Um, and that's going to kind of launch at the end of this year where we're going to have athletes kind of come in and curate house highlights for me. So I'm going to let them be Omar uh, or Drew. Um, for the, for the night, and we're gonna have to see how they do, and then we're gonna have a whole bunch of other stuff during that you know ninety minute yeah. seventy five minute uh, episode. But um, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And are you involved then with like you're running Instagram? Mm-hmm. Are you also running YouTube? Are you running Twitter? I have say in it for sure. I mean, okay. I think with YouTube we hired two guys, and they do a really really good job. So I think what's interesting is like I kind of always look for finding the best people. Mm-hmm. So these are the two guys that were really good at highlights over at YouTube. And so, I, so I, you know, we hit them up and said, hey, are you even interested? And they said, yeah, of course. We know House Highlights and we love House Highlights. So yeah. what was cool is like since those guys are kind of young too, that people are just familiar with House Highlights at this point, that they kind of get excited about the opportunity. Are you worried? Do you worry in that sense like so much of this is tied to you, right? Like mm-hmm. your voice, the highlights are things that you would care about. All of a sudden you bring other people in. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you, you can't pick every single thing for Absolutely. five different channels, but how do you get comfortable? Does it make you nervous to like hand over the reins to someone else? Yeah, it, it was nerve-wracking last fall when I first handed it over to Drew. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is like 
I had known Drew for a year and the way we talked and you just keep talking to people and kind of understand their sensibilities and you watch how they post on social. And I was like, there's something here where, listen, he's he's not going to be Omar. I want him to be Drew. Yeah. And I think one thing that we're very open about in the comment section now is like, hey, Drew posts stuff. Like we, we joked around that Drew fell asleep when LeBron announced the decision and that comment itself got 10,000 likes. Um, and everyone was going onto his Instagram page and saying, Drew, wake up. Drew, wake up. LeBron is on the Lakers. Um, and you think about that, that comment gets 10,000 likes or 15,000 likes. Brands are killing for that on their posts. We're getting that in our comment section. Yeah. What about things like Instagram TV? Have you started to dabble with that at all? I messed around on my personal page with like an old video that I had. I think it's it's a little early for IGTV right now. I kind of want to see more people adopt it right now. I think I have some legitimate good ideas that would kind of work for it right now, but I'm not sure if people are clicking on it right now and, and kind of going through their IGTV feed. Yeah, is that the kind of thing I know when, uh, you know, these big platforms roll out new features, mm-hmm. they want people like you on board, yeah. right? Like ideally, because that's going to make people like me, like the regular yeah. uh, plebs who follow you yeah. interested. Uh, I assume they did not reach out to you or didn't say, hey, Omar, we really want you to start using IGTV. No, I don't, I don't know. They didn't. Is that something you've ever done with a platform or at this point? No, no. I don't think that's ever happened yet where someone's reached out and said, hey, we want you to do this just because we're offering you money or we just think you should do it. Yeah. Is that... Um, I, I would think that's like a good opportunity for you at some point. Like, do you want to have that relationship with these platforms or is it just like, hey, this is a utility for me to get my stuff out. It doesn't really matter. No, I, I feel like I have a good relationship with Instagram. I've gone to their offices a few times. They've always been nice. Um, and I always feel like if I have an issue where I'm vocal about, where I'm like, hey, this shouldn't work this way, that yeah. I can just contact them and be yeah. like, they'll at least hear me out. Maybe they can't fix it right away because they've got a million things to do, yeah. but they'll at least hear me out because they say, they, you know, they're like, hey, this account is important, especially in sports. Yeah. All right. Let's look future. You, we talked about all the things you guys do have. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed there's been no World Cup. Yeah. And I imagine that's because Turner doesn't have the rights yeah. to the World and Cup. We, and we get to hear it. I, oh, if, people you, people are very vocal, which is a good sign. Yeah. Because um, we're going to have Champions League rights. Okay. So you will months. have soccer. Yeah. So, yeah, so so what do you want to get into? Like, where's, I imagine soccer would be huge. It will. Um, what are, like, opportunities for you where you're saying, hey, here's where we're, we're not really doing it right now and we need to be? Well, no, like, it's it's just posting soccer highlights the same way I do NBA highlights. Yeah. Um, obviously, the goals are always going to matter, but you kind of see what other people are doing, and they do it okay. Some, of, some people now are kind of try, trying to copy the House of Highlights formula, but they haven't figured out everything um, or they don't hit stuff as consistently as we do. Um, so some, the same stuff you're going to see with whether it's players reacting, whether it's making fun of a flop, whether it's yeah. joking around, a funny video happens and you put a relatable caption underneath it. Um, I think we're going to go really big with that. Okay, so soccer's big. Any other sports that you're that you're missing right now that it's like big opportunity for you guys? No, because the NFL right now has been very good about sending clips that they believe um, that we should post, and they're usually right on the money. Like, yeah, I need to post Stefan Diggs' game-winning touchdown against yeah. in the playoffs. Um, so, no, everything's good so far. Okay. Um, well, this has been great, man. Thank really you. appreciate you taking time. What about the House Highlights podcast? Are we going to hear that? Anytime? You want to be my first guest? Bring it on. Okay. I don't know why anyone would want to listen to me when you could have, <laughs> uh, you know, Carmelo Anthony or Dwayne Wade, but... If you want to just loop me in with those guys, you'll be, be you'll be the third one right after them. Yeah, that's that what we'll sounds do. fair. I appreciate it, uh, Omar. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it.
This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks again to Omar Raja for joining me on the show. Uh, You can find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you do use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review there or just tell someone you know about this awesome podcast. If you haven't already, go check out our other shows. Kara Swisher hosts Recode Decode and Peter Kafka hosts Recode Media. And if you have questions about any tech topic or the latest tech news, tweet them to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to tooembarrassed at recode.net. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors and to Cadence 13 and Vox Media, which sell those wonderful ads that you heard so that you can listen to this show for free. And thank you to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. Kara will be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. So be sure to tune in then. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, which is the presenting sponsor of Recode Decode and The Smartest Way to Hire. The ground is always shifting in the tech world. A constant barrage of new programs, platforms, competitors, and regulations make running a tech company a wild ride. So you need a fast way to find people with the skills to keep up. There's no better way than ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes across its network to actively find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. If you're hiring, it's time to get smart. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now at ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash decode. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a new podcast, The Arthur Brooks Show. That's me, Arthur Brooks, and I'm the president of the American Enterprise Institute, a think tank in Washington, D.C. I see bitter disagreement all the time, and it's terrible. We need some way to disagree, not less, but better. So this is a series that looks at the art of disagreement. The first episode is out July 12th. Find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And most of all, subscribe right now 